We are so glad you joined us today for the sermon podcast of St. Thomas Anglican Mission. St. Thomas is a convergent church anchored in Anglicanism and located in beautiful Matthews County, Virginia. We seek to be a community of refuge where you can rest, dream, and change as you encounter Christ through the scriptures, spirit, and sacrament. We hope you're blessed by today's message. Let's listen. A reading from the prophet Jonah, beginning with the third chapter, the 10th verse. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion, did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the vine so that it would be withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die now than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have any right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you've been concerned about this vine, though you do not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? The word of the Lord. A reading from the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, beginning with the 20th chapter, the first verse. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. 
So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for Daenerys? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first. And the first will be last. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, our strength, and our Redeemer. A few weeks back in the uh, Excuses series, which was the last uh, sermon series we did uh, filmed from my house, uh, from our, our sun porch, a few weeks back though when we were doing that series and we talked about Moses uh, and Ananias, uh, and, but we also talked about Jonah and his reluctance to go to Nineveh because he knew that God would be merciful if they repented and he wouldn't destroy the city and you know, do all those things that Jonah was rooting for. Uh, Jonah didn't want the mercy of the Lord to be shown to the Ninevites. He wanted the fire and brimstone to be showed. Um, he wanted the Lord to smite the opposing political, I mean, the opposing nation uh, of the Israelites, of the Hebrew people. And when I saw that this morning's Old Testament reading was Jonah, uh, I realized that we're not done uh, with Jonah yet. Um, and then coupled with the parable of the workers in the vineyard from the Gospel of St. Matthew, we find that they both actually, uh, in the variety of ways they can be applied to our life, but we find that both of them today kind of touch on the same exact issue, the fairness of God and the wrong response to it fairness of God in the wrong response to it. Let's pray. Lord, I pray over these next few moments as I, I deliver this word that I believe you laid on my heart for these people, for this church, for this congregation. I pray, God, that you open our ears, and Lord, that we, we are receptive to your word, that God, you bring conviction where conviction needs to be, you bring peace where peace needs to be. But Lord, most of all, may the words that I speak not be mine, but Lord, may they be yours. And may they pierce the heart and bring transformation that's desperately needed. In Jesus' name, amen. And so while, while we could start out with the overarching theme of the fairness of God and the reality that in the kingdom uh, there's a quality among all those who believe, we're not going to start there. Uh, we're, not going to, we're not going to, not yet anyways. We'll get there, but not right now here at the beginning. Instead, let's look at the only two real responses that can be lived into uh, in response to the fairness of God. And those are grumbling and gratitude. 
And so if we look at grumbling, we see uh, pulling from, from uh, Jonah. When God saw what the Ninevites did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. So hold up. Uh, Jonah, a prophet of the Lord, born amongst the chosen people, the Hebrew people, he got angry at what the Lord chose to do. He got angry at the Lord just doing the things that he does, showing mercy and hope in these things. Yeah. Jonah, despite all this, yeah, he got angry. He got angry because to him, it wasn't fair that the Lord would show mercy to pagans, to others. He got angry because the Lord took his shade vine away, which I remind you, Jonah did nothing to tend or to cultivate. He grumbled not because he had to deliver the death sentence, because he actually was looking forward to that, but because he knew a pardon was highly likely and he couldn't see and he wasn't going to be able to see his enemy squashed because he knew that all the Ninevites had to do was fall on their knees and confess and repent and that God would show mercy. The heart of God would be moved he would be, and they, he would pour out his grace, his mercy. So he got angry, he got grumbly. How many times have we got angry uh, because someone we disagreed with, be that our family, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, an acquaintance, uh, whoever, etc., etc., a celebrity politician, whatever the case may be, how many times have we got angry because this is a person that we disagree with, but somehow they're experiencing God's mercy and not His judgment? The judgment that we think they should be receiving because of the ideology they support or the way they conduct themselves or the way they talk or whatever the case may be. If we're honest, all of us have actually had that moment where we kind of grumble a bit. And if we don't grumble, at the very least, we're scratching our head saying, what? What just happened? We all say things like, uh, how can those baby killers? Or how can those racists? Or how can those losers? Or how can those socialists? Or Marxists? Or thieves? In other words, we all say, how can those others experience God and find his forgiveness and mercy when they have not conducted themselves or they do not do this or they do not do that or they don't say this or they don't look this way? How can they experience forgiveness and mercy? Shouldn't they be experiencing the judgment of God, the destruction of their situation? It's simple. Scripture tells us that God is not willing that any, that anyone should perish, 
that all should come to a saving knowledge. And that, church, that should be our heart as well. If we truly love the Lord and we truly obey Christ and we, we demonstrate the love by doing the things He's commanded us to do, loving God, loving people, um, our heart would be that no one would perish, but that everyone, doesn't matter their skin color, doesn't matter their age, their country of origin, their political affiliation, their gender, this, that. It doesn't matter. Everyone. We should want everyone to experience the saving grace of God and not the judgment, not the hellfire, but the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness Jonah responded with anger at the fairness of God. But did the uh, vineyard workers in Jesus' parable, uh, did they do much better? Well, let me remind you. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a Daenerys. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. At the third hour, church, at the third hour, when these guys who were the first batch that were hired, at the beginning of the day, when they were hired, they were grateful. They were happy to have a job. Who knows what kind of debt they had or bills or obligations or just whatever. They were happy. That is, until they took for granted what the landowner gave them, which was a job, a fair wage. It wasn't until they compared what they were paid with that which the 11th hour laborers received it was when they compared it that's when they began to grumble these workers these third hour first shift workers whatever the first people going in they forgot that at the start of their day they had no hope as they were standing there waiting and some of them were probably not very far removed from being sent to debtor's prison if they didn't find employment that day and didn't begin to bring money in to pay their bills. Some of them might have found themselves on the verge of, of starvation if they did not find money for them and their family that day. We don't know how they responded to the landowner after he reminded them it was a fair, agreed-upon wage once they distribute it at the end of the day. I imagine some of these guys, and some of them understood and shrugged it off as, yeah, you know what, you're right. But some of them probably walked away saying that they wouldn't work for this guy ever again because they left feeling cheated. They left feeling like, you're going to pay the guys at the very end the same as us at the beginning? when we should be making a whole lot more? Church, when we focus on what we don't have, we forget what we do have. 
in the kingdom, the key is in reminding ourselves of what we have and whose we are. Let the Holy Spirit function as the counselor that he is. Heed his voice, which reminds us that none of us deserve what we've actually been given as a gift. Truth is, we certainly don't really want what we actually deserve to be given. See, the negative response to the fairness of God ultimately serves neither us or the kingdom. Because all it does is it breeds envy in our heart, which ultimately contaminates our understanding of fairness, our understanding of grace. We crave what others have received from the Lord, not realizing or perhaps refusing to accept that He blesses us with what we need rather than what we want. See, the Lord showed mercy to Nineveh because that's what they needed. The landowner paid a fair wage because that's what they needed. So the appropriate response to the fairness of God is gratitude. Gratitude, not grumbling. As I said, the Lord provides for our needs, not always in the way we think we need or the manner that we want. Jonah could have rejoiced in the Lord using him as an instrument of peace, an instrument of hope, an instrument of grace, leading a nation to repentance. The third hour workers, those that were hired first, they could have rejoiced in all the extra hands that came aboard throughout the day, which lessened their workload. To Jonah, the Lord said, have you any right, any right to be angry? To the worker, the master pulled aside. He said, didn't you agree to work for Daenerys? Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Church, the Lord can do as he pleases. Who are we to expect him to conform to our thinking? He gives us good gifts, the kind that we need, though not always what we think we want, and certainly, certainly not what we deserve. When we respond in gratitude, it produces joy in our heart. A joy that's not rooted in our circumstances, but rather anchored in the depths of God's love as discovered through His grace and His mercy. In other words, the fairness of God. fairness of God. St. Paul wrote in Galatians that, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, 
For you are all one, one in Christ Jesus. We understand fairness to mean impartial and just treatment or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. And that's exactly what the unmerited favor we all experience when we come to Christ. That's exactly what that is. That's grace. That's the fair wage. That's the mercy. And it's available to all whether they are of our nation, our tribe, or our tongue. In other words, whether, whether they are of our political ideology, our skin color, our gender, our language, or even our particular expression of Christianity, the fair wage, the grace, the mercy, it's available to all of us. And are we going to grumble or are we going to show gratitude? God does not show favoritism. Perhaps it's time we stop expecting Him to, and instead we start treating everyone who claims Christ as Lord and yet are different than us. Perhaps it's time we start treating them as family and not as lesser or as subpar. Church, perhaps all we have to do is simply worry about ourselves. Love God. Love people. And work as if we work unto the Lord. Trusting that He does indeed know what He is doing. And as I said last week, when talking about the various facts of denominations and jurisdictions and communions and networks within Christianity... It takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. It takes all kinds of people to also reach all kinds of people. And thankfully, whether Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Charismatic, non-denominational, we all walk in the same grace, the same mercy. We all experience the same level of fairness. We all receive the same fair wage. And so church, let us be people of gratitude. Let us be people of joy. Because that's how lives are going to be changed. Communities are going to be changed. That's how we show the love of Christ. That's how we show the love of the Father to a world that is in desperate need of it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, let's come to you this morning, Lord, and ask God that you well up within us joy God, may we, may we push aside our grumbling and our anger and may we reach forth and grab hold of gratitude and that joy just well up. God, we might not always understand why you bless this person or that person, 
But God, if they claim you as Lord, that's all we should be concerned about when it comes to seeing them as family, when it comes to seeing them as recipients of the same fair wage, the same grace, the same mercy that was poured upon us. Whether we're someone who thinks that we're like a Jonah and we're amongst the chosen people, when the Ninevites received your grace and mercy, he should have responded in kind out of joy because they got to taste of the goodness of God. Or whether we're like these vineyard workers that are grumbling and when seeing that those those who came later in the day received the same wage, we instead should, should show our gratitude that we're glad you're here. We need you to do this thing because it's going to take all of us to get the work done. So God, may, may gratitude begin to well up within our hearts. And God, those, of, those who walk in that joy and that gratitude already, Lord, I pray that they continue to be fertile soil for it. God, at the end of the day, we want to be like you. We know that being a Christian means being Christ-like. And we're called each and every day to become more and more like you. To be worthy of the vocation of being called a Christian. It demands that we not just love God, but that we love our neighbor. That we love people. That we love everyone especially our brothers and sisters who also, just like us, who also bent the knee and repented and called you Lord and were washed in your blood. So God, remind us of that truth. Remind us that we are no better than our fellow co-laborers, that we are no better than our neighboring nations, that we are no better than our neighbors, that each of us deserve something that is terrible and horrible. But in your grace, and your mercy, you said, I got a good gift, and it's here for you. And so may we find joy. And now unto God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory both now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message. You can find out more about St. Thomas by visiting our website, matthewsanglican.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Simply search our name. Have a blessed week.